Exodus chapter 3, we're going to start there in verse 1. If you know your Bible, you know this is the story of how God was called by Moses to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt, out of bondage. And notice, uh, if you don't notice or know this, Moses was way up in age. He was around 80 years old when he was called by, by God. And it says here and now in verse 1, Exodus chapter 3, verse 1, Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. Now that's a great type of Israel. Israel as a nation is the bush, the bush is not consumed. As much as God puts them through the fire, they're never consumed. They come back out on the other side. Verse 3, And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Moses said, Here, here am I. Verse 5, and he said, Draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. On the mountain where the law is given, God says, Don't come near me under the law. But under grace, Jesus Christ says, Under grace, come unto me. God says in the law, Stay away from me. And under grace, Jesus Christ says, Come unto me. That's why we love grace. That's why we love that grace. Verse 6, Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. Every word of this Bible is important, and every word of this Bible should never be changed. Not a word of it. I want to show something to you here in verse 6 before we move along. It says, Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father. He did not say I was. They're long dead. He says, I am. Now, it's going to come. I'm going to bring this up later on. Verse 7, And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrows, and I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land unto a good land and a large unto a land flowing with milk and honey and the unto the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and Jebusites. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come unto me, and I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppress them. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Verse 11, And Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh, and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? And he said, Certainly I will be with thee, and this shall be a token unto thee, that I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, ye shall serve God upon this mountain. Now I want to get my text from these next two verses here. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers hath sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? And what shall I say unto them? Verse 14, And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am had sent me unto you. I want to preach this morning on the great I am and all the specialness of the title and the name of I am that I am. You just tell them I am sent you. The great I am or the I am. 
That I am is very special. And the Lord takes that title and says, I am. He didn't say I was. He didn't say I'm going to be. He said I am. I heard a black preacher one time say, I just is. And that's the one way to interpret it. But it is. It's a great I am. Now that's just two words. I am. But notice it's three letters which speaks to the Trinity. You got the Trinity in there. I, the God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Ghost. I am. God's in everything about God is in I am. And I'm going to show that to you this morning. Look at John chapter 8. John, Gospel of John chapter 8. Now I'm going to turn to some scripture this morning uh, through the Bible, but I want to show you how, this, how the, the different things about I am and what you need to know about I am and why it's so special. John chapter 8, Gospel of John chapter 8, verse 51. I tell you what, this I am that God gives, he gives himself the title of and the name of I am, it's very special. John chapter 8, verse 51. It's our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And he says here, Verily, verily, I say unto you, if a man keep my saying, he shall never see death. Huh. He'll never see death. Then said the Jews unto him, Now we know that thou hast a devil. Abraham is dead and the prophets, and thou sayest, If a man keep my saying, he shall never taste of death. Uh-uh-uh-uh. That's not what Jesus said. He didn't say they'll never taste of death. He said they'll never see death. See how they changed his words up on him? Notice, end of verse 51. You'll never see death. Brothers and sisters, when you take your last breath, you're not going to see death. You're going to see the angel of God there to take you up to heaven. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, when you take your last breath, you will see the angel of death there, and he'll be taking you down to the devil's hell. It's one or the other. But if you take your last breath, you're not going to open up and see the angel of death. There'll be the angel of God there to take you, to escort you up into heaven, take your soul. So you'll never see death. You're never going to see death. You'll never see death inside of Jesus Christ. Verse 53, art thou greater than our father Abraham, which is dead, and the prophets are dead? Who makest thou thyself? See, they're starting to understand something. See, they, they're getting around Jesus Christ. They're listening to his teaching. This isn't just a prophet. Jesus Christ isn't just a prophet like Elijah or Isaiah. There's something special because he's starting to say stuff that no man should say. Verse 54, Jesus answered, if I honor myself... My honor is nothing. It is my Father that honoreth me, of whom you say that he is your God. See, that, that's, I love Jesus Christ because that's kind of a little bit of a slight there. Amen. Yeah, a little bit of a slight. You say he's your God. Now notice what, he does it again here. Verse 55, yet ye have not known him, but I know him. And if I should say I know him not, I, should, I, should, I shall be a liar like unto you. But I know him and keep his saying. <laughs> he just called them liars. The Lord, you know, he had a way of saying, he didn't even mince words. And when he, especially when, he, when Jesus Christ talked to religious leaders and to those that were, we would say were religious leaders of the day, he would really get on to them because they should know better. Verse 57. Uh, oh, yeah, verse uh, 56. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Now, when did Abraham see that? That would have probably been in figure and type of Isaac when Isaac was about to be crucified on the mountain. And God provided the lamb. Verse 57, then said, Jesus, then said the Jews unto him, Thou art not yet fifty years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. Oh, oh, no man should be talking like that. No Jewish man, 
No man of Israel should ever, ever talk like that. Before Abraham was, I am. They knew exactly what he meant. Look at the very next verse. They knew what he meant. Then took they up stones to cast at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple going through the midst of them and so passed by. A couple chapters later in, in, in chapter 10, they're going to stone him. And they said, what are you stoning me what, for what words it gives? Because you're trying to make your, you're a man and you're trying to make yourself God. Because he is the son of God. He is God manifest in the flesh. He is, that's what Jesus Christ is claiming here. In the I am, with the title of I am, he's saying when Moses was talking to God, he was talking to me. Before Abraham was, I am. I am. So what you have in the I am is you have eternity. There's eternity. There's eternal life in I am. And he's saying, before Abraham was, I am. Way before all this happened, way before the Jewish race was getting started, way before God called Abraham to create a nation, he goes, I am. He was. He, he, he wasn't just was. He was at that time. He's at this time. And brothers and sisters, he's at this time too. When we talk about Jesus Christ, I don't say Jesus Christ was a good man. Jesus Christ was a good teacher. Jesus Christ was a good healer. No, I say Jesus Christ is a good man. Jesus Christ is the healer. Jesus Christ is the Savior. Jesus Christ is my Lord. We say the is because he's alive right now. He's eternal. And in that I am there, Jesus Christ claims that the I am, and that's an eternity, the eternity of I am. Jesus Christ declares that he is the I am, the Jehovah God, of Exodus 3 there. Now turn to Isaiah 43. I went round and round if I was going to do this this morning, but I think I'm going to, I, I, I plan on, the Lord laid on my heart to do it, so I'm going to do it. Now Isaiah chapter 43, verse 10. This is kind of a, going off on a little bit of a rabbit trail, but not by much. Isaiah chapter uh, 43, verse 10. Now the Jehovah's Witnesses, what they love to do is they love to, Come up and they love to say that they have the true name of God, that the Jehovah. We should be calling him Jehovah. Jehovah. And they are Jehovah's Witnesses. And one of the main heresies that will send you straight to hell is they will not claim that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. They will not say he's God manifest in the flesh. And that's a heresy straight from hell. That's of the devil. And they try to say that Jesus Christ is a created God. And we've, we've studied this up on Wednesday nights about the Jehovah's Witness and how they, they have all kinds of weird, off-the-wall teachings about Jesus. But what you've got to understand is in, the, in, in John chapter 1, verse 1, where it says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. I mean, you can't get around that verse right there. But what the Jehovah's Witness do, they do what so many heretics do. They take the Word of God and they put in a word or they, or they change a word. And what they did is they put in A. So in, when they read it, they say, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was a God. So they make Jesus Christ a created God, a lesser God, that Jesus Christ was created out in eternity under, under God the Father. But we know through the Trinity and through the studying of the Word of God that Jesus Christ is God. He just said, I am. God doesn't share His glory with anyone. Not, not a per he says in Isaiah, I, share my glory, I won't share my glory with anyone. What's Jesus Christ doing getting glory like that? Because he's God manifest in the flesh. Now look at verse 10. I'm showing you all this, saying all this. Look at verse 10 of Isaiah 43. Ye are my witnesses, 
saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me, and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. Now, when the King James translators came to this, this word right here, you've got you to know this. It was, uh, yeah, almost. It's what it looks, kind of what we look like. If I was to put it in English, that's what it would look like. It was four letters like this. And that's, every time you see that in your Bible, see that capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, you are my witnesses, saith the L-O-R-D, capitalize all three of them. I mean, all four of those letters. That's the Lord. And what the, Jehovah's, what, uh, what the tra- King James translators would do is they would take that word and, you, and they translated it Lord. Here's the problem with this word in the Hebrew language and in the English language. There's no vowels. How do you pronounce that? You can't. They, 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 the Jews intentionally put that because they did not want you pronouncing the word God. They did not want you to be able to pronounce that. So what they did to pronounce it, they started coming in and adding consonants. That's where you get the people saying, His name is Yahweh. They'll say His name is Yahweh. And they took Adonai and translated Adonai, put Adonai in there with Yehovah and got Jehovah. So you have the Jehovah Witnesses and the Jehovah Witnesses just, they'll take this verse here and they'll say, verse 10, you're my witnesses, saith, saith Jehovah. That's what their New World Translation says. So what they did is they came in here and they, uh, they started adding in consonants. If you read any Jewish literature today it, you'll, and they talk about God, this is how they'll write God out. They'll put that little dash in there where the O is. They don't want you pronouncing it. They don't like you pronouncing God, they don't like you saying their name. They're saying we're not holy enough even to say his name. So what you have going on here is in the scriptures, in the original Hebrew, which you don't need to know any of the Hebrew, but if you were to study this out, that's what you would find. You would find this letter in here. You can't say it. We don't know what it is. But if you know God, you know he has many, many names. Not just Jehovah. Jehovah, not just Elohim. He's got... Lots of names. He, he goes by tons and tons of names all through the scripture. Jesus Christ, because that's what they'll say about Jesus Christ. You've got to go by, you've got to call out on the name of Yahshua, not just Jesus. And they come up with all these crazy theories. But Jesus Christ has thousands of names. I mean, hundreds of names. I mean, you get to talk about Jesus Christ, he's called, he's called wonderful. He's called counselor. He's called king. He's called priest. He's called prince of peace. So, what, the, what they did here is they saw this, and what the Jehovah's Witnesses do, they take this, they translate out that to Jehovah, so everywhere they see the Lord, they say Jehovah, and that's who you should be worshiping, and calling God, that's his real name, God's real name is Jehovah, that's what they'll tell you. Where they have a problem with this verse right here. You're my witnesses, saith the Lord, they'll say its name is Jehovah, right? They say Jehovah. And my servant whom I have chosen that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. There's that I am. Before me there was no God formed. Neither shall there be after me. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. I thought they said Jesus Christ was formed at a certain time and he was a little lesser God. God said there's no other God but me. There's no other God been formed but me. I am God. There's only me. The great I am. Look at verse 11. I, even I am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. 
when Jesus Christ came on this earth, and, they, and, and the Bible says that angel told him, you'll name him Jesus. Jesus, Jah from Jehovah, Zeus from saves, Jehovah saves. So what you have here is Jesus Christ as the Son of God, as God manifests in the flesh, he is the Savior, but he's God. And as a, as a Jehovah's Witness, they'll say, well, here's Jehovah, and yeah, Jesus, he was a prophet, and he died, and they have all these weird, quirky things like that. And their own, and their own translation goes against what they believe here. I, even I am the Lord, and beside me, there is no Savior. There's only Jesus Christ. So if Jesus Christ, if God can only be the Savior, then Jesus Christ can only be the great I Am that you've seen there in eternity. I have declared and, and have saved and I have showed when there was no strange God among you, therefore ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, that I am God. Yea, before the day was, I am He. And there is none that can deliver out of my hand. I will work, and who shall let it? Let it like in the old English for what we use in the tennis courts, hinder it. Who's going to hinder it? Nobody can hinder God. So I'm, I'm showing you some of this stuff about I am and this. They call it the tetragrammaton. When, when you have these four letters like that, they call this the tetragrammaton. And they almost make this magical. They almost take these words and they put them on the, these letters and they put them in there and they try to make it some kind of magical kind of thing. But it isn't magical for anything but other than God has associated himself with these letters. And when God uses these letters and the King James translators translated that as I am, when you see that I am in there, you're going to see some wonderful stuff going on in the Bible. When Jesus Christ said, before Abraham was, I am. Now look at John chapter 18. Let's look at the power, the power of I am. John chapter 18. Let's look at the power because there's power in I am. There's power in I am. John 18, the great I am. John chapter 18, verse 3. John chapter 18, verse 3. There's great power in the great I am. This is Jesus Christ. He's getting betrayed by Judas. And come, they've come to arrest him. In John chapter 18, verse 3, Judas then, having received a band of men and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, Cometh thither with lanterns and torches and weapons. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth and said unto them, Whom seek ye? So Jesus goes up to them and said, Whom are you seeking? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus saith unto them, I am he. And Judas also, which betrayed him, stood with them. Notice verse 6. As soon then as he, Jesus, had said unto them, I am he, they went backward and, backward and fell to the ground. Power. When you have the creator of the universe standing in front of you and you say, I'm looking for Jesus, and Jesus is the creator of the universe, says, I am he. It says they fell backwards, fell down. The power of the great I am. When Jesus, as the creator, as God manifests in the flesh, when he uses that I am, there's so much power in it, it knocks men back and they fall backwards. Now, some of y'all have watched TV growing up, and I guess the st that nonsense, is, you still find it on TV. But when I was growing up, it was in the 80s, it was all over TV where you had the fake healers. And they would draw people up to the front, 
and they'd get them, and then they'd be up there front, and they're going to heal them up, and the, guy, the preacher would be going, I'm going to heal you in the name of Jesus. And those people would, they'd have two men behind them, and those people would be up there just, <laughs> just shaking like that, and that, that, that preacher would whack, hit them on the forehead, and oh, and they called it being slain in the spirit. And if you asked any of the charismatics, like, well, uh, why do you believe in somebody slapping your head and you just falling back? And they said, well, it's in the Bible. And they'd always turn to this verse right here, uh, John 18, 6. And they say, look here, when uh, Jesus Christ, he, it says they went backward and fell to the ground. They're all lost men. The only one that's getting slain in the spirit, if that's what you want to call it, they're lost going to hell. Man, you better check it. You better check what you're doing. That's not them being slain in spirit. That's Jesus Christ in deity saying, I am he. See, the great I am is being used. What's, what's almost mind-boggling about this, brothers and sisters, is you got these men that come for Jesus. He shows up. He says, I am he. And they, they're literally by some force, by power, they're knocked back and they fall backwards. They still get up and arrest him. And take him and murder him. You know, non-believers will claim if, uh, if this imaginary God you had, if he'll just show me his works, if he'll do some kind of work that I can see, then I would believe. No, you wouldn't. These men right here didn't. They seen and witnessed the power of I am in action. They literally felt and experienced it getting knocking them back. As he said, by simple words, I am he. See, the power of Jesus Christ is not in a sword, it's not in a gun, it's not in a fist, it's not in a knife, it's in His words. Amen. It's the power of Jesus Christ is in His words. And I know I say this all the time, but it's one of the most profound things in Scripture where they went to arrest Jesus Christ and they came back and the priest said, why didn't you arrest Jesus Christ? And those police guards, they said, never a man spake like this man. They came to Jesus Christ and he opened his mouth and his words. His words are what brought Lazarus out of the grave. Come forth. It's his words. The Bible says in Revelation when he comes back at the battle of Armageddon, he comes back. It's the words of his mouth that's going to slay. It's the lips of his, it's his lips. It's those words coming off his lips that's going to slay men. He's going to slay them with his mouth. The same mouth that was saying, be healed. Be healed. Come forth. Arise. That's the same mouth that's going to say, die, die, die. And when that mouth says it, you're going to do it. It's the great I am. And there's power when he says, I am. There's power. You know, non-believers will say, if this, if this imaginary God that you believe in would just show up, if he would just show up and show himself, I would believe. He did. <laughs> 2,000 years ago, he did. And y'all killed him. He did show up. He showed up in the form of Jesus Christ. He told you who he was, and you killed him. The problem is, is people are so self-centered, they want him to show up today. They want him to show up to them. To come into their house and show up to them. And show up physically to them. And they don't understand that God and all his holiness had to... Shed all that holiness up in heaven and, and put himself in the form of a man and come down with the pigs and waller around with us. He had to come down and waller around with all that sin, all that filthiness. We're talking about a holy God, Jesus Christ, 
in the flesh, walking around, knowing what everybody's thinking, knowing what everybody's done. We come into this church, aren't you glad that people can't read our minds in this church? Praise the Lord. Aren't you glad that they don't know what we did yesterday, what we did last week, or what we did 10 years ago? Aren't you glad that they can't read? Jesus Christ can. And He did as He walked along and He he brushed shoulders with child molesters, brushed shoulders with murderers and rapists, brushed shoulders with the wickedest men on the world, brushed shoulders with them. And nobody knew, but Jesus Christ knew. He got down and He went down in this. Why would God want to leave that holiness and come back down for you? Specifically for you, when if he, did, he already did it and you didn't believe. Now, in all of God's wonderful grace, to this day, He still sends the Holy Spirit. He still sends believers over and knock on your door, try to witness to you, try to tell you about Jesus Christ. Now, we're the hands of Jesus Christ. Now, we're the feet of Jesus Christ. Now, we're sent forth to spread the gospel. But when you, somebody asks me, why doesn't, Jesus, why doesn't God show Himself? He did show Himself. And they crucified him. They killed him. Never knowing that was God's plan all along. For them. Amen. For them. Look at uh, Matthew 22. Let me show you another one of these. Matthew 22. Matthew chapter 22. Well, man, I tell you, uh, this great I am. The great, great I am. There's life in I am. Uh, Matthew chapter 22, verse 31. Matthew chapter 22, verse 31. There's a couple more of these I want to show you. There's a life... The great life in I am. So there's a, there's a name in the title of I am. There's the, eternal, the eternity of I am. There's the power of I am. And in Matthew chapter 22, verse 31. But as touching the resurrection. Now this is Jesus speaking. But as touching the resurrection of the dead. Have you not read that which, which was spoken unto you by God? Saying, I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. Amen. Amen. See that I am the God? I tried to show that to you up in Exodus. And I tried to point out at the very beginning of this sermon that it's not I was the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. It is I am. See, their bodies are long in the grave. There's a graveyard. Their bodies are long in the grave, but their souls are alive with God right now. He, those are just a cocoon. That's just a shell to God. They are, he is the God of Abraham. I am the God of Abraham. There's Abraham right there. There's Jacob right there. People don't get it. And, and that's what Jesus Christ is trying to describe to him. You just don't get it. He's not the God of the dead. He's a God of the living. Yeah. Praise It's the great I am. And in the, in the I am, you have the life, the life in I am. I love what happens in verse 33. And when the multitude heard this, they were astonished at his doctrine. He astonished them with his doctrine by pointing out one little word. Is am and not was. Brothers and sisters, if you'll get serious about this Bible and read and study this Bible, God will show you some amazing things. And it might just be a couple of words here or there. He'll show you some amazing things. And he rebukes them there in verse 31. Have you not read? Have you not read? No, evidently they haven't. They read it, but they didn't read it. They didn't understand. The only place you're going to find life is in the great I am. That's the only place you're going to find life. The I am creates life. The I am sustains life. The I am gives life. The I am has eternal life. 
Before Abraham was, Jesus Christ said, I am. Now I want to show you the most important thing for you, if you're sitting here this morning, the most important thing about this I am. I've shown you the power. I've shown you the eternity, eternal life. I've shown you that there is life in I am. I just showed that to you there. But there's something more important for us as Christians. Look at John chapter 6. And I'm going to go through some of these. Gospel of John chapter... I'm going to close out. I'm going to close out in these. In Gospel of John chapter 6. I'm going to close out in these verses. John chapter 6 verse 35. There's the provision. The most important thing for a Christian when it comes to the great I am is that there's provision in I am. God is a provider and he's going to provide through I am. And there's provision. The provision of I am. Let me tell you, I don't care if you're a born-again believer in Jesus Christ. I don't care if you're lost. I don't care if you're an atheist and agnostic. I don't care who you are in this world. Whatever you need, God can provide that. God can provide that. And, uh, you know, we had just this last week, we had the one guy, older gentleman. Or How old was the guy that committed suicide? With He was 44. We had the two young girls get killed out here on 36 that were 16. And then we had the... The young teenager, I guess he was about 17, 16, he committed suicide all in the span of one week. And they had the big, uh, big rally up there at the gymnasium. And we went down there. I went down there just to check on things and see if there's anything I can do. And I'm sitting in there, you know, what, 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 what can I do? I mean, honestly, I mean, I'm just a man. I mean, I just, I go work for a living. I, I put my pants on just like everybody else. I'm not God. I can't do nothing. But I know that one thing I can say is, and like I told this young girl that we were talking, and she was crying because she said that before one of them had, the last time she'd seen one of them, she'd, she'd said something really rude to him, one of them. I don't know which one it was. But, and I told her, I said, well, sister, I said, I don't know the answer, but I know somebody who is the answer. His name is Jesus Christ. He is the answer. And that's what we all do as Christians. As Christians say, we're not, I'm not better than you. I don't have more answers to you, but I've got the man that has the answers in Jesus Christ. And... Uh, Whatever you might need in your life, I don't know what it is, but you, you can find that and it will be provided for you in the great I Am. You might be saying, uh, I'm hungering and thirsty for something in life. You might say, somebody somewhere, somehow might say, I'm hungering and thirsting for something in life. Well, it's provided for you in Jesus Christ. Look at verse 35. John chapter 6, verse 35. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Jesus Christ says, are you hungering? Are you thirsty? I am the bread of life. He said that the woman at the well, I'm the living waters. He, if you're hungering for something more in life, if you're thirsty for something more in life. If you're not satisfied with your life, Jesus Christ says, I'm the one that will satisfy. He'll provide it. I am. Whatever you need, Jesus Christ says, I am. Amen. Fill in the blank. I am. Look at uh, John chapter 8. Look at John chapter 8. I'm going to skip. I'm going to go through real quick at some of these verses in the Gospel of John just to show this. As Jesus Christ is showing over and over again, He can provide for you. He can provide whatever it is you need. You might be saying, I feel like I'm walking around in the dark. Look at John chapter 8, verse 12. 
John chapter 8, verse 12. You might be saying, I just feel like a uh, pastor. I just feel like I'm, everywhere. I'm just walking around in the dark. I'm, I'm just like, I'm blind. Look at John chapter 8, verse 12. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Amen. Are you in darkness this morning? Are you just miserable and it's laying in darkness? I just feel like there's a dark cloud around me all the time, Pastor. I know somebody can take that cloud away. I don't care what, you, what storm you're going through in life. I know Jesus Christ, he can calm that storm. And that's what he is. He is the light of the world. Look at John chapter 10. John chapter 10, verse 9. I'm going to go through some of these real quick. But John chapter 10, verse 9, you might... Be saying in your heart, you might be saying this morning, I have no way out of my troubles. There's just there's no way out. I feel like I'm enclosed. I feel like I'm trapped. I feel like I'm put into a corner and there's no way out in my life. Jesus Christ says in John chapter 10 verse 9, I am the door. Amen. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. He is the door. Listen. If you're in this morning and you think, there's no way out of my troubles, there's no way out of my pain, there's no way out of my sorrow, there's no way out of my sin. Jesus says, I'm the way out, I'm the door. He's got an exit sign above him, come on in. Just exit out and come into life. He says, I am that door. Look at verse, same chapter, look at verse 11. You might say, no one cares for me. No one cares at all for me. Look at verse 11. I am, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. You got somebody that loves you. Your mom, your dad might have forsaken you. Your best friend, your family, your loved ones. I don't care who you are. You might be forsaken. You might not feel like you're loved. But there's one that loves you. And he's a good shepherd. And he's there to take care of you. And he loves you just enough. Listen. He loves you enough to die for you. How much more love can you show? Jesus said you can't show more love than that. Man to lay down his life for his friends. You've got a friend in Jesus and he says, I am the good shepherd. Look at John, uh, look at John chapter 11. John chapter 11 verse 25. 1125. You might be scared of dying. Who's not scared of dying? Very few of us can say, I'm not scared of dying. I Nobody wants to see the shadow of death, but Jesus Christ says here in John chapter 11, verse 25, you might say, well, I'm scared of dying. Jesus saith unto her, said unto Mary, or Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. I'm afraid of dying. Jesus Christ says, don't worry, I am the resurrection. You don't understand, Martha, I know there's going because Martha had told, told, uh, told Jesus, I understand there's going to be a, a general resurrection. Lord, I, if thou had, she says, but I know that even now, whatsoever thou will of God, God will give it to thee. Jesus said and her, thy brother shall rise again. And Martha said, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection of the last day. She was, she's a Jew. She knew there was going to be a general resurrection of the last day. And Jesus looks her straight in the eye and says, Martha, I am the resurrection. Amen. Why are you going to anybody else other than Jesus Christ? Yes. 
I hear these people, they talk about Muhammad, and they talk about Buddha, and they talk about uh, Gandhi, and they talk about all these different religions, and I listen to them talk about it, and I think, what are you getting out of that? They're, they're not providing anything for you. Jesus Christ is providing everything I'm reading to you is a provision for you. He's providing life. He's providing light. He's providing bread. He's providing a door. He's providing a resurrection. Look at John 14. You know I would get here eventually. John 14, verse 6. It's the great I am. He's the great I am. And whatever you need, God is there to provide it. Whatever you need, Jesus Christ will provide it. He is the great I am. John chapter 14, verse 6. One of my favorite scriptures in the whole Bible. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way. You feel like there's no way out? You feel like you don't know which way to go? You don't know which way to turn? Jesus Christ said, I'm the way. You feel like you don't know what's a lie, you don't know what's a truth, you don't know, don't know who to believe. Jesus Christ says, I am the truth. I am the truth. Do you feel like you just don't have a life? You feel like you're just running in circles? You feel like you wake up in the morning, you go to work, and you go to bed, and is this all life's up to? And maybe you've thought about just taking your life because there's nothing worth living. Jesus Christ says, I am the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And he says, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. You're not going to find this way. You're not going to find this truth. You're not going to find this life in any other man. You're not going to find it in Muhammad. You're not going to find it in any religion. You're not going to find it in this Indian Gap Baptist Church. You're only going to find it in the man, Jesus Christ. That's the only place you're going to find it. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life because before Abraham was, I am. Lord, I need a provision. Lord, I'm so hungry. I'm the bread. Lord, I'm just walking around in darkness. I'm the light. Lord, I'm just so scared of dying. I am the resurrection. Lord, I, I just feel like there's no way out. There's no escape. I am the door. He is what you need in every part of your life. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, boy, you're missing out. You don't realize what you're missing out in. The greatest decision I ever made was receiving Jesus Christ. I remember I was talking to my stepdad, Bobby. We were sitting at Underwoods, and we were talking. I just met him. The first time I met him, he was sitting across the table to me, and he, he said, uh, well, tell me. He asked me something about Jesus Christ, and he said, well, tell me something about Jesus. I said, Jesus Christ is the best thing that ever happened to me. He's the best thing that ever happened to me. And now that I'm an older Christian and I've got time to study this stuff out, I start realizing, Lord, you're everything I could ever want. Any kind of problem in life, you are that. And it's not because I'm worthy, it's because you're so good. Amen. And you're a God that when was asked, what's your name? In all your infinite wisdom, you said, my name is, I am. Amen. Whatever you need. I am whatever you need. Dear Heavenly Father, if there's somebody that needs to sound my voice that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, Father, I ask you to speak to the heart right now. Father, say, pray, Lord God, your Holy Spirit will move in on them. 
Lord, whatever trouble, whatever's keeping them from coming to you, Father, I just pray that, Lord, you'll show them that you are that. You are whatever they need, Lord God. Whatever doubt, whatever, whatever thing is bothering them, Lord God, you can help provide the way out, Lord God. Father, I thank you for being the great I am, Lord God. I thank you for your scriptures that even though something might have been written 2,000 years before something else was written, Lord God, we can take it all together in this Bible, Lord God, and it all fits together like one big jigsaw puzzle. Father, I thank you for that. Thank you for the chain of your scriptures that we can study them, Lord. And Father, I ask a special blessing on these people here this morning, Lord God, that came out in the, in the weather, Lord God, came out this morning. Father, I ask a special blessing on them, Lord. Bless them. Help them through as they go through the rest of this week, Lord. But, Father, if there's some way we could draw closer to you, Father, forgive us of our sin. Show us a sin that we need to be forgiven of, Lord. Show us something that's in our life, Lord, that's keeping us from being liked by you, Lord. May there's something that's unlikable in us, Father, for you, Lord. And Father, I ask you just to show it to us. But Lord, uh, above all else, Father, we just want to come humbly and thank you, thank you, thank you for Jesus Christ and for the salvation we have and the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And I'm praying all this in the precious, precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Brothers, have an invitation. If you don't know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, we're going to give an invitation. Come on down and get saved. If you know Jesus Christ and maybe you have something you want to talk to him about, the prayer altar is always open. And we're going to stand together. What song are we going to sing, brother? Number 403. Hello, friends. This is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church of Indian Gap, Texas. If you'd like to contact us, you can do it at IndianGapBaptist.com. On the internet, it's IndianGapBaptist.com. But I have a question for you. If you died tonight, do you know if you would go to heaven? You know, if you're not sure, let me show you a few verses out of the Bible so you can know if you have eternal life. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So that verse tells us there that you can know you have eternal life. And I want to show you how you can know that. Jesus Christ talked in John chapter 3 verse 16. And most people have heard this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's an amazing verse, of course, talking about how God gave Jesus Christ as a gift to the world. But Verse 17 and 18, he went on to say something interesting. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So the whole reason Jesus Christ came into this world was to save you and to save me and you. But in verse 18, he says something that's amazing. He says that he that believeth on him is not condemned. He's stressing a faith. It's putting your faith into Jesus Christ. But he says there in verse 18, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So he says you're condemned already if you haven't believed in Jesus Christ. It's not like you're going to go to heaven and you're going to stand before God and you're going to have God put your good deeds on the scale and your bad deeds on, on the other side of the scale and he's going to weigh it and if you've been a good enough person down on this earth that he'll let you into heaven. It doesn't work that way. Jesus Christ is real explicit here to say that you're condemned already. You need a Savior right now. The same chapter down in verse 36, it says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. It goes back to a believe, putting your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But the verse continues, And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, 
but the wrath of God abideth on him. See, it's going on right now. You need a savior right now. You need to be saved from a devil's hell. Paul sums it up real good here in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. It's putting your faith in Jesus Christ from the heart. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and then with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's very important to confess Jesus Christ because the mouth shows where the heart's at. And in verse 13 he sums it up, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So friends, as simple as just bowing your head and saying a prayer, something like this. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you can came up from the grave and are alive right now listening to me. I invite you into my heart to save me. Please save me, Lord Jesus. Amen. If you prayed something similar to that, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. And God bless you. And until next time. Casting all your care upon him.